welcome to Game Source Podcast number 98. It's Gerald, better known as Yes, Elvis Lives, and I'm here today with OSU Water Polo. And first off, we're going to talk about E3. We're wrapping up everything so nicely for you today. If you haven't had a chance to check out all of our podcast coverage, go to our podcast page on yourgamesource.com. You'll see all the dedicated podcasts we have for E3 2014 been a great trip for us as far as it's concerned for our guys Chris, Corey, and Nick. We thank them so much for heading down to LA and covering the event for us. Um, There's a lot of great things that we saw as far as from a gaming perspective from all three manufacturers, Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft. We We were so blessed to see so many games introduced and also see gameplay of so many other games. Uh, but I want to start off today with our, our good friends Nintendo, Aaron. And please tell me, in your own words, what are your thoughts, basically, in regards to the announced Amiibo project, which is the competitor to Skylanders and also Disney Infinity? And tell me how it, it's going to relate to you know the upcoming hit Super Smash Brothers for the Wii U and also the 3DS as well. So if you could just share with us your thoughts on that, plus as well Nintendo's outlook coming out of E3, uh, that would be greatly appreciated. So let me know what you think. Um, first off, both Skylanders and Disney Infinity are also going to get tech that will you can just set it directly onto the Wii U pad, and then you don't have to buy the... At least my understanding is that you wouldn't have to buy the starter pack to start playing on Wii U. You know, you'd be able to just figure, put it on the pad, and go, and then buy the, the game separately, you know, as if you already had a starter pack on another system. So, that's cool, and I did want to point that out. Um, but it, could it revolutionize the Wii U? Absolutely. Um, you know, if games started really giving me a reason to go out and buy them, mm-hmm. you know... Um, Smash Brothers is basically going to be kind of like a testing the water thing. Let me save my character's um, skill set. Let me save my me to it. Things like that. Oh, yeah, it'll help me in the game. You know, I can summon it. Um, and, and it'll help me in Smash Brothers. But I'm not sure that's enough to make me go out and buy. I've seen at least 13 different figures right now. I might buy one to try it, but I don't see myself buying 13 of them for Smash Brothers. They're going to have to give me... And the games that they've put it with, I don't think are going to revolutionize anything with it. They're going to have to give me some sort of game where it really... It has to be an amazing game, and the... um, Amiibos have to really, really make the experience better. And and I agree with you on that, but I also think pricing structure is going to be an issue as well. Uh, Oh, yeah. Since it has included tech with it, um, pricing it above $20. uh, Even that is out there. Yeah, even that is, is is, like you said, out there. Because right now, the standard right now pricing is usually, uh, what map pricing is about $15 per per Disney Infinity piece or Skylander. Um, and you can catch them on sale for 10 bucks or buy one, get one free of all the time. Yeah. So, I mean, you're really 
pulls out eight to ten bucks unless you're somebody who jumps out there, you know, has during, to have every piece the first day. And during the holiday season, they go buy one, get one half off. The 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 starter oh, sets yeah. usually go about half off and and what have you. But uh, Nintendo, in order to compete with those entities, are probably going to have to have a similar pricing structure or sales structure. But the oh, yes. regular MSRP, if it goes above twenty dollars, I think it uh, it it's might dead not in the bode, water. Yeah, it, it might not bode well. Even at, all. at twenty bucks, I, I think it's dead in the water. It's it probably needs to be a little bit cheaper, even though it has more technology in it. Um, to get the foot in the door, uh, they need to... I know they've announced that there's an adapter coming so that you can use it on your 3DS, mm -hmm. but they need to start showing me some of the games that are going to do it, even if that game is two years out. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, if that were a way to deliver DLC, I might do that. That might be kind of cool. You know, um... Every character you buy for Smash Brothers has an extra map on it. You know, something like that would be pretty compelling to me to go out and buy a couple of them. Yeah. You know, more than just, obviously I'm going to buy probably Mario, Link, and one of the Fire Emblem characters, whichever one looks coolest once it comes out. But... I, I don't see myself going out and buying all of them unless you give me a really compelling reason to do it. And, you know, like like I said, maps on um, Smash Brothers or an extra move on Smash Brothers that nobody else can get. I, I know they kind of want to keep that game competitive, so I, 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 they don't need to really mess with Smash Brothers. It's an amazing game. I, I would assume they like that would need you. I would assume they would do more di uh, costuming and things of yeah. that nature, as opposed to an extra move uh, move set, what have you. Because, like you said, it would upset, I believe, the the balance of the game, which they're trying to make, uh, you know, try to deal with so carefully. Because I know that's the first thing it's going to be gauged once the actual full game gets released. Absolutely, because right now, from everything I've heard from, you know, the the testers and whatnot. Um, Pro Suit Samus is just killing it. Yeah, and you're usually, you know, from past experience, one or two characters uh, is always overpowered. Yeah, yeah. Grab, people gravitate, to, players gravitate towards, and it just inevitably happens on, you know, in each time, no matter what Nintendo can do, or, you know, in regards to that. Um, one of the other things that Reggie uh, spoke about um, was that they did not think. Um, the Twitch with, thing. The Twitch thing. <laughs> now, now with their Mar with the release of Mario Kart, uh, they did institute if you are part of the Nintendo program and you sold your soul away, um, the chance to upload uh, some of your videos to YouTube. Um, when asked to expound upon that and include Twitch as a streaming service and the possibility being added to Wii U, um, again paraphrasing what what Reggie said was that uh, he indicated that um, Twitch, in their, in their minds, being Nintendo, uh, would only be attractive in certain formats, um, like on a professional gaming level, or something in a, of a real competitive and, and um, eye-catching nature, as opposed to just, uh, you know, what, what, what I do, um, 
what other the average do. player yeah the average player nobody wants to watch the average player for 30 minutes at a time that's according to his according to his he says that that is not fun that is not entertaining and that's why twitch will in in a in that type of format will never be added to the wii u what are your thoughts on that um first i think when he said it he said that the japanese it was the japanese who said that that he was just the mouthpiece on that one i could be wrong but i think that's the one where he basically said i'm just the mouthpiece on this don't kill the messenger even though of course we all are because nobody wants to get mad at Miyamoto or anybody over in Japan because they're all our gods, basically. And so, you know, Reggie's getting the fall. Not Iwata. Not Iwata. Uh, yeah, not right now. No. But um, I, th- I know where they're coming from. It really is not typically fun to watch an average or a bad player play a game and tell you what's going on. You know, that people who have more followers and watchers, live at least, tend to be the ones who are maybe not pros, but decent at the game, and really good at shoutcasting. You know, they, they know when things are going boring. They know when things are getting... Um, exciting and it feels like you're watching a you know like a a mexican announcer at a soccer game when you don't speak spanish uh, you know you just get that feel of oh my god something awesome is happening even though you don't know what they're saying half the time mm-hmm. um I, I just i mean i i think it should be an option if i want to stream on twitch and have no viewers, that should be my... I should have that option. You know, if I want to stream on Twitch and I'm good enough to have a million viewers, that should be my option, too. Because you never, you never know what people might find entertaining. Yeah, exactly. You know, somebody who is average at the game starts out doing their thing on Twitch, and because you have to really know to be a good Someone that's enjoyable to watch, you really have to know what's going on. And so you learn the game and you get better at the game. Um, it, it just... To not give me that option is annoying. To say that... To say what he said, though, in that no one really wants to watch an average person play, I agree with. You know? I watch, I've watched StarCraft for going on 15 years now. I've watched StarCraft 2 a lot more, and I like watching the pros because they give you ideas of, you know, build orders and what works and what doesn't work within the game. An average user, it's normally, well, I could just tape myself doing it and watch it back. Mm -hmm. But that's me. You know, somebody else may want to watch the average player. Because that's where they learn from. Or that average player enjoys putting themselves out there playing the game as an average player. And, and, and that's totally fine. I, I'm not going to say that they can't do that. But Nintendo did say that, basically. And even the pros on a Nintendo system can't do it. Um, 
I mean, yeah, they did do uh, Treehouse over E3 all on Twitch. They did the Smash Brothers tournament, which was amazingly awesome and amazingly lame at the same time. I don't know how to describe that, but it was on Twitch. And they think that's where they need to go is, you know, just do, do more tournaments and things like that. And while I agree, they should definitely do more tournaments and they should get a lot better format than what they had because that was, that was just weird. But to, to only do tournaments and things like that is quite, quite lame to me. I just think myself, um, for someone who does Twitch, um, also to Jamie, to Nick, to Chris, to to Corey, to all those individuals who do Twitch, to Sam, um, and who who still would like to use Twitch in the future, who who possibly do either have or are interested in in utilizing the Wii U at some point in time, it's it's to me it's it's something of a detriment, and I, I just think it it even though it may not be your cup of tea. It may not be someone else's. I will agree. It should definitely be an option, and they shouldn't come out and say we're not going to do it. It should be, you know, we're looking into how to best implement it at the moment. Exactly. Exactly. Because you know, for a long time, PS4 um, people wanted to integrate YouTube PS4, and that's just finally they just you know PlayStation listened to their fans. And we'll, by the end of the year, we'll be implementing YouTube as far as the PlayStation 4 is concerned, which I, I think was a great step. And uh, I'll hopefully be able to integrate that into the share button, which makes it even a better experience for people. Um, so they're they're showing themselves way ahead of the ball game, whereas, again, Nintendo 4... Is behind the eight ball, like always. Like always. And it's just... Uh, sometimes I just don't think Nintendo gets it. And and I don't think sometimes they ever will, and it's just very sad because you know they were such once a a, a proud outstanding company. But that leads me to my third uh, item that that Reggie was discussing with 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 the press at various points of time in E3 is that he was inferring that uh, leaving E3 that clearly uh, the Wii U uh, was standing toe to toe with the PlayStation 4. Um, and was a clear <laughs> second in this uh, head-to-head-to-head battle um, of this next generation, uh, leaving um, the Xbox One in the dust. Um, I'm not personally uh, agreeing with that. I still think that, you know, outside of, of just small glimmers of hope being Mario Kart, Super Smash, and Amiibo, that that after that, the the cupboard gets a little bare uh, for Nintendo and the Wii U. Um, so I don't clearly put them in that stratosphere at this point in time. Um, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I, I like I said, I totally respect your opinion on that. If that's wrong, uh, I understand sales wise that uh, Xbox One Lifetime Wii U and the Xbox One are pretty much on an even par with each other. But again, it's like the PS3 and Xbox 360 where PS3 started a year late. In this case, the, the Xbox One started a year after. So I would clearly position them a number three behind uh, PlayStation and Xbox myself. But what are your thoughts? Um, if, as of right now, Nintendo is in second, I could believe that. 
um, in sales, directly on sales, because a lot of times when the numbers come out, it's PS4 sales to customers, and Xbox 360, a couple million behind, shipped to retailers. Tell about Xbox One, correct? Or, yeah, Xbox One. Um, and PS4 and the Wii U. I'm going to confuse them. Listeners, I'm an idiot. Get over it. Um, but yeah, uh, Microsoft is v- wording their press releases very specifically most of the time to say, we've shipped this many to retailers, so we're only, you know, two million behind PlayStation. I believe, well, I believe they're... PlayStation they're, sales. I, I, I pretty much what I've investigated and dug up that they are over five million sold, not shipped, five million sold. Um, on Xbox One, I know um, that that they've said they've it's been the highest five and a half million, six million shipped. But yes, it is. I, I'm I've from various other outlets, and whatnot. It is, I believe, at the five million mark right now. So yeah, I'm just saying I could believe that Nintendo is like four units ahead of them right now. <laughs> the holiday season. That's going to change. I think once that Halo collection comes out, uh, which will make it attractive for people that, that have uh, are feeling nostalgic for any reason, because um, it wasn't me who, who said this, but uh, you know, people are paying for backwards compatibility in this life cycle, um, and that's just the way it is. You're not getting it for free anymore. You're going to get it either by renting it, uh, via PlayStation Now or buying it outright, like a, a repackaged Last of Us or what have you. So I believe. And oh ha- yeah, the Wii U gives you backwards compatibility. <laughs> Sorry. No, but uh, I, you know, but even then, with this backwards compatibility, you're still paying for it as far as you know with downloading. But the prices are are a lot lot cheaper in a lot of instances. I will give you that on Nintendo Wii U. Well, you um, can play the Wii discs. I mean, you can straight last gen put the Wii disc in and play it on the Wii U. But uh, how many Wii games are there out, that outside of maybe Xenoblade Chronicles and, and some other uh, JRPGs, which are which were of uh, you know excellent quality on the Wii? Out of all those thousands of shovelware titles that you and I oh are, a dozen maybe yeah. so, maybe a dozen games out there that. People would have held on to and still be playing. So with that, I, ba- so with that backwards compatibility, quote unquote, that the Wii U has, there might you might want to put an asterisk. <laughs> on but it. it is there. <laughs> yeah, true, true. I'll give you that. And plus, um, obviously, you know the fact that that they have a lot of, of older Nintendo titles now that they're they are putting up there, and the Nintendo Remix, um, the NES Remix yeah. titles. You know those two titles that have come out. Uh, make it quite enjoyable for for nostalgic fans uh, to embrace the Wii U. Um, so you would clearly still position Nintendo as the number two in this. this no, thing. no. I'm just I'm just saying I could believe when he said it that the numbers. If we only looked at the the sales numbers, I could believe that Nintendo was like three or four units ahead of. But even, Microsoft. but even at the end of the year with Super Smash uh, coming out, you still see them being overlapped by uh, Xbox One by that point in time. Uh, unless Smash Brothers is like, you know, the, the second coming of gaming, 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure Microsoft is going to pull ahead. You think they'll do a price cut? I think they should. <laughs> I've written that in one of my articles, uh, most recent articles on my page. It'll be two years old by that point, so probably. Or they'll do like a big-ass bundle with like Mario Kart, Smash Brothers, um, Nintendo Land, maybe even a fourth game. And keep it at that same price point. But otherwise, they're going to need like a $100 price cut. Would you see them ditching the gamepad like the Kinect was ditched? No. You really, I, think, I, they're, you really think they're hard on that, that, uh, that game? Well, there's so many games that the gamepad is semi-essential for. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, they just haven't done enough with it. They needed a top-tier RPG to come out on that system, and all your inventory management was from the gamepad, and you could do it on the fly. I, I That, to me, would have sold the system as, you know, this is why we need this. Um, a, a lot of the stuff that they've been doing with the DS on the bottom screen, they could be doing on there, but a lot of the games just aren't doing it. You know, no, it, it's like they're scared to put gamepad functionality in because people are going to think that the whole game is a gimmick based on that. Kind of like I have felt most Kinect games are. Mm. You know, it's, you've got, I have the original Kinect, so most of this is going off that and not the Xbox One's Kinect 2. But, you know, you've got games like Mass Effect where Mass Effect 3 was a game and they tacked on um, connect usage with it, and it sucked. You know, I specifically bought the Xbox version because it had Connect, and I had played the first two on it because the original one was exclusive to the 360, but that's beside the point. But, you know, I, I bought that, and I'm like, okay, this could be really cool. But it sucked. It did not work. Like, I mean, we live in Las Vegas. It's 120 degrees outside. There are fans on in my room. It can't hear me. No matter what sensitivity I put it on, even just my ceiling fan, it cannot hear me at all. Well, it's an interesting dichotomy what you were talking about, uh, alluding to, as far as Microsoft paying uh, for things such of that nature, because here you have, on one side, you have PlayStation 4 that's selling like gangbusters, but you have a company that cannot really, really back it up to its true potential because of the money shortages that they're suffering through. And then oh, you have Microsoft, who <laughs> you know, has to recover now from all the PR fiascos from last year. Um, they're finally on the right track with the, in a lot of gamers' eyes. Um, they, they do have still an abundance of cash that they can put into the unit um, as far as for upgrades... Uh, uh, fixing, uh, and also exclusive gaming that uh, no one else can offer can offer because they can they can provide more cash to publishers, distributors, and and uh, you know studios um, in order to get that. And then you have Nintendo, and Nintendo's such a wild card at this point. Uh, <laughs> yes, they do have the war chest, but the war chest with every year gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And their stubbornness 
and, and where they think they are in the video game universe seems to get larger and larger and larger, uh, which is even more annoying. So I think that at times their own stubbornness stunts their own growth as far as the company is concerned. So you have that, that, that opposing diametric there. Um, and, and could you just elaborate to me your thoughts on it? Because it just sometimes it just irritates me that 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 Nintendo could be oh so much a bigger player in the universe right now if oh, it's yeah. be able if it's just able to see through its own mistakes. Uh, absolutely, N- Nintendo feels like our games are so amazing. We don't need anybody else. So screw you. If you want to put it on our system, sure. But we're not going to like go out of our way to try and get you to put it on here. Mm-hmm. And. That that attitude, you know, they have a very traditional Japanese attitude. Change is bad. We, we don't want to change. Um, and you can see that in a lot of the Japanese companies that have been having issues in the age of the internet, especially. Yeah. Um, no doubt, no doubt. You know, how many companies from when... You know, you and I were kids that were like household names are no longer around, mostly because they refuse to change. A lot of camera companies aren't around anymore because they just wanted to use film. They didn't want to go digital. And the companies that went digital, you know, are are doing extreme, well, not quite so much with cell phones now, but the 10, 15 years before that were doing quite well. Of course. No, and I couldn't agree with you more on that. It's, it's a just, lot of those camera companies are now making phones. But it is, you know, it is based in Japanese tradition, and and sometimes that's as we've said it before on this podcast, and 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 before in articles. Sometimes it's just very difficult to overcome tradition because it, it's so rigid uh, in that Absolutely. culture, and and you know how beautiful and wonderful that culture is uh, to me uh, when I observe it. Um, the rigidity sometimes of, of and stubbornness sometimes is is to their detriment because they can put uh, that that culture and that that consumer base and that 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 product base can can produce such great games and such such a great level of quality uh, when when it uh, when they get together and and to make uh, absolutely awesome games you know and. Uh, just it's just sad that that uh, sometimes that that their own stubbornness gets in their way and they're not able to go ahead and evolve uh, Nintendo. Sony has is starting to learn from their errors um, from the PlayStation 3 area and and also led you know bled their problems with the PlayStation 3 and whatnot bled over into other areas as far as you know where they progressed or did not progress as a company. But I'm glad to see that they're on the right track. The problem is with them. You know how long can the PlayStation Four sustain its success uh, without, without some major exclusives? Yeah, that's just took the words right out of my mouth. You know, right there, without without some major exclusives, they're they're just hanging on for dear life until 2015 because right now it looks um, like that. You know, by the end of the year, you know they'll still have the lead, but by the end of the year, will they be winning on a month-to-month basis? Time will tell. Um, That's how last gen went, though. Really, uh, when the 360 came out, um, almost a year before anybody else, there was nothing on that system. 
You know, I mean, Perfect it, Dark was their biggest launch title, and it was horrible. I agree. And, and it, took, it, it took until Gears of War came out. I, I would disagree and with you. And everybody I, went crazy for the I, 360 at that point. Well, I agree with you there, but I disagree with you on the fact that that was their first quality game. I think Oblivion came out first, and I thought that was the real first quality game on the 360. At that point, though, most people were going to be pl- would have played that on PC. That was more of a PC game at the time than a console game, and it, it took it, until it evolved. You know, it it the yes. Elder Scrolls Oblivion stayed on the charts for years. Yes, a steady, steady, steady seller that just month after month sold very. But it strongly. took people getting the system for other games. I think yeah. you know. I don't think Oblivion. Or Skyrim was ever a system seller. I think Skyrim it was a must-have game if you had the system. To me, I think Skyrim was initially in its first, you know, during that holiday season. Um, but you, you, you know, as far as Oblivion, you're 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 right on that. But it sold very very strongly overall uh, once the dust had settled. Um, but ultimately, you know, PlayStation 3 has, has worldwide sales, and sometimes we in the American media and games seem to have a tendency to just think solely in American terms that the 360 has, has dominated the past couple of years. They might have in the North American market, but overall worldwide sales, PlayStation 3 has surpassed the 360. And I think, you know, all when all is said and done, um, you know, obviously the Wii is is it's the most successful of the three units in that in that in that lifespan. But I think the PS3 will will still get support now that the 360 is is been pretty much uh, given up for dead by by Microsoft and uh, everybody but EA basically. Yeah, exactly. So um, I just think uh, you know E3 for us was you know surprisingly said once you. Th- Weeded through all the layers of, of, of dirt for Nintendo. Uh, you were able to find some real good things. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad yes. to see that. I'm glad that to see treehouse that. stuff was, was... They needed to mention those games. Like, uh, I want to say Codename Steam wasn't even announced until day two, I believe, mm-hmm. of the convention. At least to... From Nintendo to the internet. Um... And that game looks really, really fun. Well, I'm, I'm, but I'm glad it, it really just, you know, Nintendo did did come back into good terms with you, and you ended up pre-ordering a few of those games. Yeah, I, I ended up pre-ordering um, Codename Steam and Fantasy Life um, today after watching the, the Treehouse versions of them. Um, I don't know that I'll keep the Fantasy Life one. I may cancel that right before it comes out. It really just depends on the game, which mm-hmm. it should. Um, but I'm fairly sure I'm going to keep Codename Steam, even if, like Drakengard, everybody says it sucks. Because that type of gameplay, to me, is fun. It's very reminiscent of um, Valkyria Chronicles, which I picked up both of them that came out in the U.S. And I loved them. And I still play the PSP version. It's the only reason I still charge my PSP once in a while. Um, once in a while. Yeah, once in a while. Um, now, I, I want to get your thoughts on this before we go. Because you, you were talking about the handheld <laughs> and PSP, mind you. Um, yeah. I'm a Vita owner. What were your thoughts on Poor you. Yeah, poor me. 
What were your thoughts on, on the PlayStation Vita uh, really not seeing as much love as a lot of PlayStation Vita owners, like me, um, uh, getting? Now, mind you, there's a lot of little titles that are going you know, onto the system, and, and a lot yes. of independent developers absolutely love the Vita and uses that as its platform. And the PlayStation Vita, for all intents and purposes, will stay somewhat viable just specifically because of that. You know, for if if you're looking for a gaming system handheld that that really will will incorporate a lot of different uh, um, smaller titles, as far as it's concerned, that you could probably only get really on Steam. Um, if you cause, because a lot of the iOS and Android systems really can't handle some of the games that are on the Vita, um, it, it's for you. But if you're looking for it's a very big if, it, yeah, and and it's not going to, it's no longer, you know, trying to cater itself to a mass market, which is a shame. Instead, uh, it's catering itself to a much smaller centralized market uh, to gamers, uh, based off that, because you know you're not hearing or seeing any major uh, names or titles being attached to the Vita at this point in time, which is, you know, which is somewhat disconcerting if you're a Vita owner. Like me, yeah. <laughs> but uh, tell me your thoughts. Uh, you know, 3DS still still has some more viable life in it than the Vita. But do you see anything as far as uh, hopeful for for Vita owners or someone who is interested in Vita owner being a becoming a Vita owner that needs to be tipped over uh, into that side? Um, kind of. First, the scary, the really scary thing is, there were PSP games, original PSP games, announced at E3. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's scary that they're going to just completely forgo the PS Vita and make a game for the PSP, which I know they quit making it a while ago. It was Final I, Fan- I can't even was it name Final any Fantasy other game. Realm Zero? No. Final Fantasy Type Zero is PS4, Xbox One. Yeah, not it was. It was bypassed. It was bypassed by the Vita. Totally I was, skipped over it. Yeah, it was, was originally the- a PSP game in Japan years ago. Okay. They finally announced the American translation, and it's only on next gen consoles. And Sony, in their infinite wisdom, on I want to say they're. Twitter account? Might have been Facebook. I don't remember. Announced that it was coming to PlayStation Vita and then within an hour retracted it and apologized. Well, at that point, JRPG fans are insane. I will admit it. We are. And they were like, no, we're we're not going to buy this game. Square Enix, you screwed up. Um, But by saying it was going to be on the Vita even though it was Sony... You know, we don't care about facts. We just like to bitch. Um, you know, and and they're they're saying they're not going to pick up the game because of it. Well, you know, it, why would Square Enix take the time to translate a game on a system that very few people buy games for? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Tales of Hearts R is probably the biggest game to me that's coming on that system. Um, Freedom Wars also looks really good. It's kind of a Swords and Soldiers clone. 
Mm-hmm. And, and I like that. So, I, I mean, there are some PS Vita games that look interesting, but is it really worth buying a, a, a system to play Steam games? Or that probably could be put on the 3DS. You know, maybe not graphically, but most gameplay things could be pulled off on it. And if I have a Vita, odds are I have a DS. Because if I'm if I have a Vita, I'm a portable gamer. You know, so I probably have a 3DS. I, I just I think publishers are not seeing the draw to the Vita. You know, all the unique features that it has, has the exact same problem the original PSP does. No one cares. Yeah. It's it's not quite a handheld experience, but it's not quite cool enough to be a console experience either. It's It's a bad bastardization of the two of them, and it just doesn't... You know, it has its niche... But it's kind of way over in the timeout corner. It's it's not something anybody really wants to talk about. And I don't know how much more uh, remote play uh, is a draw uh, will be a draw for it. Um, yeah. For, for PlayStation Four or PlayStation, I believe. I mean, the GameCube did that, and no one besides me did it. I'm the loser who has four GameCube to Game Boy Advance cables. You know. Yeah. But nobody really is going to do that. And I mean, yeah, it might be cool to play my PS4 games when I'm out and about, but not every game does it. And not every game does it well that does do it. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree with you more. I said even even though I am a Vita owner, I, I, am, I am concerned as far as, um, you know, the, it getting the, the necessary support. It should. Um, but it is a, a, a system that's caught between a rock and a hard place. And will yeah. continue to be as such until either gets a price drop or some major major uh, support and weight behind it, which I don't think is going to be coming anytime no, soon. No, it would cost Sony way too much money to do it. But yeah, I, I think I they were very I remember, stupid for even releasing it. I they remember, made the exact same mistakes they did last gen. Yeah, and I remember Ken Levine uh, promising a Bioshock for it because he was so intrigued by the Vita. Yeah, that's not showing up anytime soon. Oh, no. No. Um, and I'll, I'll just leave E3 um, with uh, your final thoughts on exactly uh, who you thought was promoted the best uh, at E3 uh, between Sony, Microsoft, and um, and Nintendo. Um, you know, once all is said and done. Uh, for me, like I said, I thought uh, Sony did, did very well. Um, outside of that major... That half that dead, hour that everyone slept through? Yeah, that dead spot. I think the fact that they promote a lot of games um, uh, even more so than, than um, Xbox did uh, was promising for them. Um, but Xbox really just had a solid, safe E3 uh, without trying to make any major waves or major controversy, and they just promoted games, and I think they did when they needed to do... Um, the game of the show for me is No Man's Sky. I really like the concept. Um, as much as I want, I want to see Mass Effect. I want to see Star Wars Battlefront, Mirror's Edge 2, um, Uncharted 4, uh, which you know me, I'm a huge Uncharted fan. Uh, even going back way back when to 2007, 
Um, I think the intrigue of No Man's Sky is is just uh, just the allure of, of the potential of hopefully it that will come to fruition if this game ever gets re- released. But you know, between you and I, Aaron, I really think that this one reeks of of and smells of you know one of those games well you know the like last, the last guardian it just you know <laughs> you, you you see it and you think it's the the greatest thing since sliced bread and in order to, you know the and, they, and then the developers are talking this grand grandiose uh, plans about you know let's say you and I play you're on one planet I start off on my planet and you know it's just whole universe of different planets and whatnot that people will will migrate from when you can do everything on these planets or just go and blast off to another planet or get in the middle of a space fighting war and all that it just seems so grandiose and and i'm hoping it does come to fruition i'm hoping their 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 vision does come come to light but uh, I'm very skeptical on it. But uh, I'm going to call it my game right now. I'm going to call it my uh, a game of uh, the show for me. Um, and I think uh, overall that there was no real, real super duper winner for me. Um, no. And no one really stood out. And um, I just think all three played it safe, and I think all three did a fairly good job in the in in doing so. So. Well, to me, it's you know uh, comparing it to school. You know, it was, okay, here's a syllabus of what we're going to be doing for the semester. And all three companies took their syllabus and did the absolute minimum to pass. I mean, to me, they were all, uh, on Monday and Tuesday, they all got C-minuses. You know? Yes, they did do what I wanted them to do. They showed games. But they showed me Call of Duty, Dragon Age, um you know, Uncharted, Halo, Assassin's Creed, nothing that surprised me, nothing that made me go, holy crap, I need to rewind this and watch it again. Uh, exactly. I, I'm and not and gonna, it just, I'm not they coasted through it to me, you know? I, I think No Man's Sky was the closest for me on that, but uh, I think there was, you know, we had seen No Man's Sky somewhat before, um, so it wasn't like it was totally out of left field. Yeah. Um, but there was just nothing that, that e- even the new IP announces, nothing that, that would make you do backflips. And I think, I think if everybody got in the last guardian with a release date, you know, <laughs> if it's I, not canceled, if it's not canceled, um, God, that controversy was fun too. Yeah, it was, that was, that was a lot of fun to report on and, and, uh, hear of uh, IGN's demise, and they were, you know, it, it it's it's uh, a feeding frenzy and a shark frenzy out there between the gaming mm. journalists, you know, between all these absolutely and, between In all any these, journalism. It's like that, you know, you got to be the one to break the story, and even if it's not quite real, let's go ahead and do it anyway. Especially yes. internet, especially Russia. You know, you know well, yeah, that's that's where they got the story from originally. So. "Quote unquote" from from Russia, from IGN Russia, from a source that they've used many times before, mm-hmm. and they even called Sony Russia, who confirmed it, according to the apology. Exactly. At least that was how I read the apology. Exactly. So it was just, uh, I, I mean, Mario Maker was cool. That was probably to me the biggest out of left field thing. 
um, uh, of the main five um, conferences. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the biggest reveal to me what was Mario Maker. I'm in shock we didn't see Star Fox during that. Especially since played. we knew... It was played behind the scenes. Yeah, it was behind the scenes. So, but nobody really reported on the behind the scenes stuff. You know, and like, all these entities said, oh, we played Star Fox. We've been in Star Fox. Even we at Game Source got to report, you know, hey, we saw Star Fox at the Nintendo booth. Well, yeah, we, we saw it. We can't, there, there's no information on it besides it was there. Exactly. So it's. And. Kind of, I, 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 that, that to me is the biggest. I mean, you can have one really, 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 really big one like that, you know, per company, and, and that's all you're allowed is one. And there's so many of them, especially EA. I mean, don't get me wrong, I can't wait for Mass Effect 4. It could be crap in a box, and I'm buying it. You and I but both. That's basically all they did was say Mass Effect 4. Here's a couple of pictures of what it may look like in eight years when it comes out. Oh, by the way, we're doing a new IP. And oh yeah, there's the new IP. And I'm not even going to tell you what genre it is. But it's set in a contemporary setting. Yeah. And uh, it's... But Mass Effect 4, you and I both will, will be purchasing that one. I'm actually hopeful that 1, 2, and 3 do get re- re-released. And We once reported uh, about a couple months ago that that there had been uh, a box art already made uh, you know whether or not it has i'm hopeful that that it will be released uh you know as far as a bundle three set you know i wouldn't mind uh, delving into the world i think it's about time for me to delve into world into the world of shepherd uh one my, one more time so yes i've only played mass effect uh, half a dozen times i've only gone th- i mean i finished it yeah half a dozen <laughs> times so uh, yeah. Still like those elevators. Anyways, uh, so E3, like I said, so E3, E3 was uh, the elevator boss. Yes, E3 was um, a letdown in most, mostly for me. This is in the 15, 14 years. Two thousand, I think, was the first one I kind of followed. Mm-hmm. This is the worst one for me. The one where. I was least excited coming out of it. Um, you know, like I said, some of the treehouse stuff changed that. And I think everybody should start doing more of that. You know, just, just here's the developer, here's this, go with it. Um, and and that, that feel of getting major hands-on time with the game not tied to any one site because most every website you can tell prefers one system over the other. And it's almost always the system that has the most advertising. Mm. So I'd like to see from Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, Square, EA, Activision, some of them just a, you know, Eight hours a day of them sitting down playing their games. Did you get a chance to view the PlayStation channel uh, on YouTube? Because they do have some of that. Not yet. I haven't. Uh, they have some. They have some uh, extended stuff. I think. Believe still on their YouTube site. I was scanning it okay. uh, yesterday. So they. Um, I may uh, post that uh, for our 
um, you know, but see, they didn't announce on, that on during the, you know, during their press conference. They they didn't really make a big deal about it, so that I knew it was there. Well, and, you know, and Nintendo and, kind of did. And Nintendo, like you said, introduced new aspects and new things in the Treehouse format. They announced new IPs in Where, whereas, whereas the PlayStation conversations and whereas the PlayStation video uh, from the floor with, with the PlayStation reps were not. We're just simply, you know, a lot of walkthroughs, a lot of interviews, stuff that you already as a fantasy has seen. Uh, it, like I said, you, you were intrigued primarily with Nintendo's Treehouse um, because they were introducing new things uh, that had not been previously discussed or shown, so that's why I'm 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 pretty sure that's why you, you it endeared to you the most. If I'm because that's the E3 I remember from a decade ago. You know, they came out on stage, they blew your mind with a trailer, and everybody went and talked about it. You know, mm-hmm. I've had the same group of gamer friends basically off and on for 15 years and we're all kind of like what was e3 this year what what made me sit up and go and look at it and we all kind of found out that treehouse was decent from you know a diehard nintendo fan that makes me look like i'm anti-nintendo and you know we all went and looked and it's like oh yeah this is what everybody should be doing you know have your conference give us you know, 10 minutes of, here's the games we're going to show on Treehouse and more. Go take a look. And Nintendo did that. I don't need, I didn't even know Sony had, you know, that sit down stuff. Yeah. I, well, I, I think it's in E3 this year. It's just a, um, recovery from last uh, recovery, year. Well, recovery. Yeah. From last year. Cause last year, I think miserable we saw, from Microsoft. Well, well, it just shows the importance of E3. Last yes. year's, you know... Of people, not screwing up at E3. People questioned, uh, at this point in time, if E3 is still uh, number one. Gamescom is more more popular only because of the fact that it's a public Tokyo event. Tokyo Game Show's not bad either. Yeah, and and PAX and, and all those other shows are great. Um, CES is, is a more widely attended event. But in the games industry, there is still no other event like E3 because of the weight it holds. And I think last year's was such an example of that because, you know, that, that two million difference, uh, two and a half million, three million, whatever you want to say as far as between the Sony and Microsoft. It would be completely reversed if Microsoft hadn't had their head up their ass last year. Exactly. And I uh, hope this is a uh, mature-rated podcast today. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> and for Twitch it is, for YouTube it is, but uh, for MP3... Uh, since it's our general product uh, podcast, by the time this gets to MP3, I'll uh, it might be a beep or two in there. It's not a problem. <laughs> or like five at least. That's okay. You're you're uh, you're not even in the realm of Corey as of yet. So, um, but uh, like I said, I think this year everybody was just playing it safe and they did not want to make the mistakes because they see E3 as a, as still the preeminent event in all of gaming. And and it's, it can't it is the major it is still it's the, the one that gets the most coverage yeah by by the outside journalism that are not in part of the gaming scene um, it's the one that does like you say gets the most coverage from from the Wall Street Journal from CNBC from CNN Times. You know, LA Times 
who had uh, what have Conan you? O'Brien. Yeah, well, oh, from, from all around the world, even you know. Um, yes. And and I just think that that everybody you know was playing it safe and and just keeping their cards close to the chest as far as what they were going to say and what they were going to do while at E3. And I think, uh, unfortunately for gaming fans, um, they were expecting more and, and didn't get as such simply because of, of that, that safetyness that each one, uh, each publisher uh, and each uh, console manufacturer wanted to, to stay within. Absolutely. I, I mean, the, nobody wants to make the mistake that Microsoft did and alienate your fan base completely even though a lot of the things that i i thought were pretty cool like um you buy the game and you can play it with up to four friends and they don't even have to own the game yeah. well that is the reason that we lost um the ability to trade in games so when people complained and we got the ability to trade in games back easily we lost that ability to play you know, with our friends, like the old PC games in the late 90s, early 2000s, with spawn copies of games. You know, so, I, I mean, Microsoft, it feels like they didn't go to, um, what are they called for movies? Like, focus groups. Mm-mm. You know? A- and say, what do you as a gamer like or not like about the ideas for our Xbox One? Mm-hmm. And they could have saved themselves some major heartache. You know, everybody's all afraid of always online, DRM, things like that. But I think people could have lived with that if Microsoft wouldn't have said, oh yeah, you can't trade your games in unless you go to specific retailers at the same time. You know, I think they just, they tried to bite the entire apple instead of just a piece of the apple, you know? Yeah, exactly. They were trying to jump three generations ahead with what they were going to do to protect publishers because if that were the case, they would have so many exclusive games. Yes, indeed. Because publishers would be in love with them. And, you know... Oh, speaking of something Nintendo can do to save their ass, go buy Capcom. (laughs) Go buy 51% of Capcom, Resident Evil, bring back old school Mega Man's. Oh my God! That would that would just uh, people people would buy a system for a good Resident Evil. Uh, it definitely uh, could be the case right there because I know it is a uh, it is available. It well, is possible. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so with that, um, before we head on out, uh, I did want to discuss um, one of the the major conventions uh, for this summer. And no, I'm not talking about Evo which unfortunately has made the mistake of, of not even allowing uh, fans to go in free the first two days of the event like in previous uh, uh, incarnations, but uh, now they're wanting to charge everybody, So, which kind of I know has set a lot of people through the internet. Um, I'm not even going to discuss um, you know, things such as PAX or, or Gamescom later this year. Um, the Classic Gaming Expo, which GameSource will be at uh, later this year, uh, we do want to make a shout out to them, uh, but we'll be doing something a little bit later on in the summer uh, in regards to to uh, featuring them. Uh, that's coming up later this year. Uh, look for that uh, information off our website at yourgamesource.com. We have a link right to it where you can get tickets for that. But for right now, 
I want to focus this weekend. It's the amazing Las Vegas Comic Con. Um, if you can, if you have not gotten that full Comic Con fix from the Comic Con San Diego, or you find it too hard to get into because you know the tickets sell out like like that, um, the amazing Las Vegas Comic Con is coming to the South Point this weekend. It's going to be a barn burner, just like it was last year. Steph Tafu covered that last year, uh, along with Anna Megacon. Um, and she really liked the Las Vegas Comic Con event last year. And our good friend Aaron is actually going to give it a shot this year at covering it. Um, Aaron, tell me your thoughts on what you're looking forward and seeing and doing at the amazing Las Vegas Comic Con coming this Friday. Saturday and Sunday to the South Point Casino and Hotel in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, I'm hoping to see video game comic books. <laughs> uh, that's all. That's really all the comic books I read, so I'm hoping a couple of them are going to be there. Uh, always like going around to see um, the, the local artists and artists alley. Um, I've actually already set up a... I'm not going to say a meeting in the sense of the word that you want, but mm-hmm. I, I, I've talked to some people and I'm going to go, you know, see their booths, um, things like that. Um, I don't know. Comic book conventions that are, I don't want to say small, but on a more local scale, with, you know, San Diego Comic Con is on a global scale. Uh, they're so chill. They're so much fun to go to and just hang out and talk with people. Cause it's the only time a lot of people get to geek out. You know, they're of not course. quite like, they're not quite like me who, you know, I, I'm going to go online and, and talk with people that are like me and totally into something, you know, they're, they're scared of it. But one weekend a year, they go to, you know, their local comic event and just, are, you know, crazy. Not like party crazy, but like, you know, they, they do their, their dress-ups, and they're not going to be the high production value that we see on Heroes of Cosplay or anything. But that's the only chance these people get to do it other than maybe Halloween. And getting to see a lot of that is, is what really I enjoy going to conventions like that for. Um, more so than going to, you know a big one like E3 or Comic-Con or BlizzCon or something of those scale. Which you've been attending later this year, BlizzCon. Yes, I will be. And I'll be taking one of my friends with me, too, so maybe we get a second opinion. I haven't quite convinced him yet. Uh, Hopefully we can contact them to get you some press passes, but that's another story. I've got two normal tickets, so we're going regardless, but... Fair enough. um, You know, the... the, I don't want to say smaller, because it's not really... You know, it's not like the one I went to in Ohio last year where there were, like, 2,000 people. This is bigger than that. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's still going to have that local feel to it where you get the local artists and things like that. And some of those people are just amazing. And a lot the celebrities that do show up to it, um, they're more open because, you know, it's, everything they do isn't being micromanaged by some big sponsoring company. They, they're a lot freer with what they say. They feel more like your friend or the high school quarterback more than, you know, 
you, you go to Comic-Con and everybody is just so robotic, it feels like, and they only say what they're allowed to say. A lot of times at the smaller ones, people slip up and say something they weren't supposed to. You know, like, they're doing a voice for, you know, this cartoon series that's being brought in, and that's the first announcement of it, or they've got a run on the new whatever comic book, and... So I kind of like some of that because people are so laid back at them that it doesn't feel corporate. Um, and I did want to add, um, while we're on Amazing Las Vegas Comic Con, that uh, on our site at www.yourgamesource.com, uh, Steph Tafu, before she uh, and uh, Super Pouring left uh, to Germany, um, like I said, she covered it last year and she just uh, released an article last week uh, to her page, Steph Tafu, uh, at yourgamesource.com, regarding the Las Vegas Comic Con and what she was, was uh, hopefully, you know, people are going to get out of it and that they should miss it if you're in and around the Las Vegas area. Um, you know, some of the guests that have been mentioned, like Jim Lee, George Perez, uh, Rob uh, Leefield, uh, Steve Epting, uh, Adam Adam Kubert, um, uh, Len Wine, uh, Herb Trimpey, um, Jim uh, Valentino, Joe Rubenstein. Um, you know that there's a, just a ton, a ton of different uh, people um, related into the comic book industry that are going to head on over there. Um, there's also going to be a lot of events in and around the Comic Con itself, including uh, Sunday, which which I know is a great day to go because that's the costume parade. If you have kids, uh, kids, I believe, under 12 are free. Um, and, and it just really looks like it's going to be a great time uh, for information. Um, want to head on over to, to either her article on yourgamesource.com or the, uh, the amazinglasvegascomiccon.com. Um, it, it's just really, really uh, going to be a great time. I know you're looking forward to it. Uh, will you be taking pictures so so people maybe around the world uh, might get a better glimpse of, of, of what it's like? Is that going to be possible? It'll be on my cell phone. That's and no I'm not a picture fan, so it's going to have to be something absolutely amazing. So don't hold your breath, people. But there may be a couple of pictures. Cause... And it's, it's kids 10 and under are free with paid adult. Uh, just wanted to correct that. So, But it is, it's taking place. Uh, you know, the... This weekend, June 20th, 21st, and 22nd at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Uh, tickets are available through the South Point box office or go to AmazingLasVegasComicCon.com. If you have trouble finding it, head on over to YourGameSource.com. Just click on the right on the front page. We have a really nice ad on there. You just click right on that, on that, uh, on that, right in, right in there's, there's a picture of the actual uh, Las Vegas Comic Con um, um, motif, as it were, with all the superheroes there. You just click on that, and it's going to go take it, take you right there. Uh, single day tickets start as as low as uh, twenty five dollars, um, and then you can also get, uh, you know, depending on on exactly uh, what you want, look VIP things of that nature. It goes up from there. Um, so you want to check that out for any pricing packages and things of that nature. So I uh, hope everyone gets a chance to so you're in the Las Vegas area, or if you want to come to the Las Vegas area during this weekend, uh, check it out. I know uh, tickets are still available, 
and uh, hotel arrangements are always available here in Las Vegas. That's the great thing. <laughs> That's the yep. great thing about Vegas. But uh, I do want to thank the amazing Las Vegas Comic Con uh, on the air uh, for allowing Aaron to cover uh, the event uh, and allowing him a press pass to the event. So I want to thank them publicly for doing so. I hope you do take at least a couple of pictures and send them over. Uh, you know, just so that people can get in the experience and ambiance of what it's like uh, to see a rising Comic-Con uh, like the amazing Las Vegas Comic-Con um, so that they can just get that feel of what it's like to be there. Uh, and then also, um, I, in the future, I, look to hope, uh, I hope we can get your thoughts either in an article or on another po- uh, podcast um, exactly what your thoughts were on the event as a whole, uh, if that sounds okay to you, sir. Oh, I'll definitely do something. It just it depends on how amazing it is, you know. If if I go and it blows my mind, I'll probably do a podcast. If I go and it's you know only really good, I I know only it's not the right word there, but if it's only really good, I'll probably just type something up. But if it blows my mind, I'll get a podcast out there for people. I'm sure you'll let me know. So oh yeah, you'll know probably Sunday night Monday what I'm going to do and how long it'll take me, like always. And if you are going, bring your 3DS. I will be street tagging people, not that anybody really wants my me, but that's, you know, there will be other cool people that have them there as well. That's true. And if you <laughs> see him on the floor and uh, you're a follower from GameStars, just say hi. It'd be, and I'll uh, be wearing the hat that's in my logo. Yes. Look for the Ohio State cap that you see right here. Um, Aaron will be out and about. Uh, just say hello, and because uh, we're always glad. To, uh, everybody from Game Source, we're always glad to see people that that and and meet people that that do enjoy our site, and and we're really uh, appreciative of of any support that we get. So, um, I think on that note, uh, I think that's going to wrap things up for for this evening or this podcast. Uh, podcast uh, number ninety eight. Uh, I believe so we're uh, getting close to the big 100 uh, hopefully we'll do something special so uh, we're catching up to Gerald's age uh, oh I'm sorry was that out loud that's okay uh, Nick cuts me down all the time but that's another story uh, that's fine uh, I can I can I can handle it uh, <laughs> you're not the only one getting up there this is true uh, as, as I said before you were you were close behind me so uh, close enough behind me Yes. Um, so uh, this is uh, once again um, the game. It's nice podcast. to be the youngest in the podcast for once. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think this is the only time that can ever happen. I think everyone else is younger than me. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Uh, so uh, for so for me, Gerald, better known as Yes, I was last, <laughs> and this is Aaron OSU Water Polo. Uh, we want to thank you for listening to the YourGameSource.com Game Source Podcast number 98. We thank you for listening, and it's another beautiful evening in paradise. You have a great one now.